With Hashem's assistance, we learn about Makamah Dach Tzadik Dalit, page 94. We begin eight lines from the bottom on 93b. Amar Abay Abay says, Rabbi Shimon ben Yehuda, Rabbi Shammai, Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov, Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar, Rabbi Yishmael, all these different sages, Kulu, Svir, Lahu, they all agree, Shine ben that in each different case, but when you change an object, let's say, it doesn't go out of the original possession that it was in. So let's say it would belong to someone, and you stole it, and then you changed it. So it's not going to be enough for it to be considered that it's gone out of the original possession, and you're going to have to return the object as it is. Soon we'll see that there are many different applications and ramifications if we say that it's not considered that it's changed. Let's see. Rabbi Shimon ben Yehuda had Amaran. So Rabbi Shimon ben Yehuda was the first sage that we said that says this way. And that was the sage that we mentioned in the previous year. And he had said that when you color something, it's not considered that you've changed it enough for it to be considered that it went out of the original possession or the original state. Be'eshamimahi. So now we had Be'eshamim was the second on the list of people who hold this way. So where do we see this? The tiny way of Brisa. Nasan So the law is that if someone gives money to a prostitute, so you can't take that money or she can't take that money and donate it to the temple. Now, let's say she changed what she was originally given. For example, if he gave her some wheat, and she made it into flour, let's say she took the payment that she was given, which was olives, and she made it into olive oil. She took the grapes and made it into wine. So, Tony Chada also, one price says that in fact it's still forbidden, even though it's been changed, it can't be brought to the temple. The Tani Idach Motor. A different price says that once you've changed it, it's okay. Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef says, Tani Gurion de Asporak. Gurion from Asporak said as follows, Beishamay Oisun Matirin. That's actually an argument between Beishamay and Beishilo. Beishamay says that you still can't bring it to the temple, even though you have changed it. Beishilo says, no, it's okay. My time is Beishamay. What's the reasoning of Beishamay? Why do they say that it's forbidden, even though you've changed it? I'm a because the verse says, Gam Shnehem. It's speaking about the two different things that can't be brought to the temple. One is the payment for a prostitute. One is the payment for buying a dog. So both of these things, the Torah says, also these two cannot be brought. So from the fact that it says the word gam, also, the Rav is coming to include something, and Beishamai holds it that's coming to include, if you changed it, it's still considered the same thing that you originally had gotten. Ubeis Hillel, what does Beis Hillel hold? Amarka, the first says, Haim, it says, Gam Shnehem, only those two it sounds like, Vile Shinuyem, only them and not if you changed it. Ubeis Shamech what does Beis do with the fact that it seems to indicate only them? Ha'humi Haim So Beis learns out from the fact that it says, bring those two, that is forbidden to bring those two, I'm sorry, so only those two and not if, let's say the payment had been with an animal, so and that animal had a child, so the child, the offspring is allowed to be brought to the temple. Basilo holds that you learn out two things from the word Haim. The indication of the fact that it says those two things cannot be brought is those two things and not if you change them, and those two things and not their offspring. Basil who says that if it was changed so it can be brought, so what did he do with the word gam also, which seems to include something more? Gam the Basil Kash the Gemara says, indeed the word gam, which means also, it's actually a question on Basilo what they actually do with that. Now we have a third name on our list, Rabbi Lezab and Yaakov. Mahi, where do we see that Rabbi Lezab and Yaakov holds that if you change it, it's not considered changed? The time you have a brisa like this. Rabbi Yaakov says, Let's say somebody steals a certain dry measure of wheat. Tachna, he ground it. Lasha, he kneaded it. Va'afo, and he baked it. And he took off the requisite amount that's supposed to be given to the coin to the priest. How can he make a blessing? This is not considered a blessing, but rather, it's a blaspheming. He's being blasphemous. About such a person, the verse says, A person who steals and makes a blessing, he has blasphemed against God. 
Thus we see that the thing is not considered his, because if it was already considered his, so it wouldn't be so blasphemous. But the fact is that it's still considered the original person's, so now he's taking off something on the original person's thing. Even though he's changed it, he's done all these different processing to it, it's still considered the original person's. That's why it's considered a blasphemous act. The next sage that we had that had said this concept was Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar. Where do we see this? At the time we have a bride of so Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar. The following general rule was stated by Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar. If I say somebody steals something and then he makes it better, so he has the upper hand. If he wants to, he can take the, the, the value that had gone up. Or if he wants, he can say to him, you can take it back as is. My kamar. So what does this mean? Amr So Rav Sheshes says, Hachi kamar. This is the explanation. Hishvicha. If it went up in value, Noitel shivchai. So then the person who stole it actually has the ability to take or the right to take the the change in value. Kichesh. But if let's say it went down in value, Amr Then you can say to him, you can take it back as is. Because the reason is because the fact that it changed, so it doesn't change the possession, and therefore it still remains in the original owner's possession, and he can just give it back and say, as is, you have to take it. says, if that's the case, So why in the case where it's gone up in value, so why, if the whole idea is because it hasn't changed, just because it's changed, it hasn't changed from the original person's possession, so even if it went up in value, it also hasn't changed from the original person's possession, and therefore the original person should be able to take whatever it's gone up in value as well. So we explain that the issue here has to do with we want to encourage people who have stolen to return things. And if we say that he can't keep whatever's gone up in value, so he's not going to want to return it. So therefore, we say that he does indeed have the ability, the person who's stolen it, to keep the higher value that has gone up. Rishmal Mahi, where do we see this shita that Rishmal holds that if you change something, it's still considered the original item? The tiny we have a brisa, mitzvahs pay lahavshman akama, that uh, the mitzvah of leaving off the sides of one or the corners of one's fields, so that's supposed to be done when it's still standing. Lahavshman akama, let's say you didn't do it when the fields, when the produce was still standing, lahavshman aimer, so then you can still take it off even after it's been bundled. Lahavshman aimer, let's say you didn't do it then, lahavshman akri, you can even do it from the baskets. Actually, merchay, as long as you have not yet smooth out, because what they would do is they would pile in the grains into the baskets and then they would smooth it out. So at the point where you smoothed it out so there's an obligation already, even though normally, so paya, this thing that's supposed to be left over for the poor people, it doesn't it's not required that it be taken off my as Ash explains, because it's considered hefker something that's ownerless, but once the balabais, the person who originally owned it, so he puts it into his basket and he smooths out the basket, so then there's an obligation even on the paya, this supposed this thing that's supposed to go to the poor people, there's going to be an obligation and also to take off Mysore, the tithe. And then, so in a certain sense, the ani, the poor person is losing out because he's not going to get as much because part of it's going to go to the levy. In the name of Bishmal, it was stated, that even if you've gotten to the point where you took the grains and you've gotten all the way, you ground it, you made it into dough, so you can still take off the pay, you can still take off this special gift to the poor people and give it to him. So we see, again, that Bishmal holds that even though it's changed so much, it's not considered a different thing than the original thing. So Rapapa turns to Abai and says like this, What's going on? You're telling me all these different Tanaim, all these different sages who say the same thing, but it's all coming out like Beishamai. And we know that we don't say like Beishamai, we don't pass, we never hold like whatever Beishamai says. 
generally speaking. So he says to them, this is what we mean. That actually, Beishamai and Beishil do not argue in this matter. Beishil agrees to Beishamai and says that in fact, if something has changed from its original state, it's still considered the original thing. Rava says, hold on a second. All of these different shitas, all these different statements that we made, saying that each one of them holds that when you change it, it's still considered the original thing. I can show you that each of them are maybe perhaps only in that case where that was stated. I can like Amar Rabbi Shimon ben Yehuda Hasam. When is Rabbi Shimon ben Yehuda, the first sage that we quoted? When does he say it? Only in regards to where it's been colored, then it's considered that's still the original thing. Since you could remove it with a with a dye remover. And when do Beishamai say that it's not considered that you've changed it? In regards to giving an Eslan Zona, the money that was payment to a prostitute, in regards to giving that to the temple, Mishim de Imis, because it's something disgusting. So there, even if it's been changed, it's still considered the original thing. But in other cases, it wouldn't be. And Rabbi Lazar Yaakov, the third sage that we quoted, he only says it in his case, in regards to someone who's stealing something and trying to make a blessing on it. Because there's considered a commandment that you're doing through or via a sin. So therefore, that's why it's not considered changed. But elsewhere, it could be, it would be. And when does Rabbi Lazar say his concept? Only in a case where the person stole it and it went down in value, he can say take it as is, but only if it went down in value in such a way that it's going to return, go back up in value. But elsewhere, it could be that he would hold that if it changed, it's considered changed. It's not the original thing. And only says this concept over there. In regards to the corners of the field, it's supposed to be left over to poor people, because the verse says, a number of times that it must be left for them. It must be left for them. It must be left for them. So for the fact that the Torah says that, so even if it's changed, so we still say you have to give it back to them. So, But elsewhere, he wouldn't say that. So, and if you want to say that you'll learn out from there to all of the places, it could be it's completely different in regards to the presence that is supposed to be given over to poor people. And that's why over there it's not considered change. Like the following question of Rabbi Yenison, he asks as follows, what's the understanding of Rabbi Yishmael why he says that even if you've made it into dough, you still have to take off part of it to give to the poor people? Is it because he holds that when you change something, it's still considered the original thing? Or perhaps in general he holds that if you change something, it is considered changed. And over here, it's only because it says a number of times that you should leave it for the poor people. And if you want to say that the reasoning of Yishmael indeed is because when you change something, it's not considered that you've changed it from the original thing. So then why indeed did the Torah have to say so many times the words Tazav that you should leave it for the poor person? Additionally, according to the sages who argue on Yishmael, they hold that if you changed it to be uh, Isa to be dough, you don't have to give it to the poor person anymore. Again, according to them, why would you say, why did the Torah have to say so many times that you should leave it for the poor person? So the Gemara answers, we need it for the following karma. If let's say somebody makes his vineyard ownerless, and the next morning before the poor people could get there, he gets up early in the morning, and he harvests his vineyard, or what was previously his vineyard. There will still be an obligation for him to take off all the different gifts that are supposed to be given to the poor people. Even though normally we say that if something is ownerless, there's no obligation to take off gifts to the poor people. In this case, there will be an obligation, and that's why the Torah said so many times, you should leave it, you should leave it, you should leave it. That it's considered that even though you made it ownerless, when you take it back, you still will have to give it to the poor people. But in regards to the tithe, so it doesn't say over there that you should leave it, you should leave it, you should leave it. So therefore, in regards to the tithe, you have made it ownerless, and even if you take it back, you're not going to have an obligation to take off the tithe.
The halacha is indeed like Rishim ben Elazar who had said that if somebody steals something and it goes back and it goes down in value, that you have the right to give it back as is. Is it true that Shmuel says this? Meaning the indication here is that if it changes, it's not considered that it's anything different than the original object. We find that Shmuel seems to indicate not that way. That in regards to a person who steals, so we do not evaluate how much it's gone down in value. Meaning, in regards to damages, so the way we determine how much the person has caused damage is we take the value of, let's say, the animal that got killed. We take the value of it now, the dead carcass, and then we make him pay the value, the difference between what it was worth before and what it's worth now. But in regards to the person who stole something, Something. So if it goes down in value, the thing that he stole, so he actually has to pay the original owners the full value of the thing as he had stolen it. And we don't determine how much it's worth now and then make him pay the difference. So we see that the person who's stealing something, when it changes, he is cone. It does transfer into his possession. It's considered not the original thing. You can't just say, take it as is. So now... Bishlam al Rava, Sigmar says, according to Rava, it works out fine. The Amar Kikam, Rabbi Shimon Lazar Hasan Bachasha the Hadar. Because he had said that Rabbi Shimon Lazar only says his concept, that you can say, take it as is, only regards to a case where it's gone down in value and it's going to come back up in value. So according to him, like Kasha, it's not a problem. Kikam halacha, Rabbi Shimon Lazar, when does Shmuel say that halacha is like Rabbi Shimon Lazar? The Shinimim Kamah Aimed, that it's considered that it hasn't been changed, Bachasha the Hadar, where indeed it's going to return to its original state. We'll say that if someone stole something, we don't evaluate its current value, the carcass, let's say, and it's considered as transferred into his possession, he has to give back the original amount that he stole. When do we say it over there? Where it had gone down in value, and it's not going to go back up in value. So that explains the contradiction. But according to Abai, who says, that Rabbi Shimon even says his halacha, that you can say to the person you stole from, take it as is, even in a case where it's gone down in value, and it's not coming back up in value, how can we explain this contradiction between Shmuel's statements? So my answer is, that Abai's version will be as follows. I'm Yehuda, Shmuel, that Yehuda says, in the name of Shmuel, we turn to the 94b, that I heard that people say that halacha is like Shimon ben Elazar, but in fact, Shmuel did not hold that way. So it will come out that it's not a contradiction. He always holds that if something changes from its original state, it's no longer considered the original object that it was before. As far as the Torah is concerned, if you steal something and you change it, you have to return it as is. Shenemar is the verse says, You have to return a thing that you stole. It doesn't limit it in any way, so it's saying, it's implying that you return it as is, even if you changed it. So, how do you explain our Mishnah? Our Mishnah seems to say that once you've changed it, you do not have to return it as is. We can explain that the reason is because we want people to be willing to return things as best as possible. So if we say to him that you have to return it despite the fact that you made it better, so he's not going to want to do that. So what we say is you keep it as is and return him the original value that you stole. Now the Gemara asks to me, is it true that Rabbi Yechanan holds that in the mission the only reason it's considered changed is only to encourage people to return things, otherwise they won't return it? We see elsewhere that Rabbi Yechanan says that it's considered changed even in regards to something else. Halacha kista Mishnah. He says that Halacha is like a Mishnah if it doesn't have a name. Utnan, it says in the Mishnah, without a name. In regards to something that has nothing to do with stealing, so it's not Shaykh, it doesn't apply to talk about the concept of encouraging somebody to return something that he's stolen. We're talking about Rishas, I guess, if someone's supposed to give a certain gift to the Kohen, and before he had the opportunity to give it, he colored it. Potter, there's no obligation to, to give it to the Kohen. So we see that when you've changed it, it's not considered the original 
thing. Even though we're not talking about Takanas Hashavim encouraging somebody to return something that's been stolen. Amar Lahu, Hahumi de Rabbanon, so a certain sage, Rabbi Yaakov Shemei, and his name was Rabbi Yaakov, he said as follows, I explained the words of Rabbi Yaakov, Generally speaking, Rabbi Yaakov holds that if you change something, it's considered changed. So what does he mean when he says that from the Torah, if you change it, it's not considered changed? From the fact that the verse says you have to return the thing as it was. He's talking about a specific case, for example, where you stole pieces of wood that had already been smoothed out, and you made something that can be changed back to the original thing that you stole. Since it's something that can be changed back to the original thing that was stolen, so therefore it's not considered a change. And there we would apply the verse that says you have to return the object as it was originally. And only only from the sages do we apply the concept that even there we would say perhaps that you're not going to have an obligation to return the thing as is. The Gemara continues with the Brais. Somebody who steals or lends out money with interest, and they try to return the original thing that they stole, you're not allowed to receive it from them. Someone who takes it from them, so he doesn't have a spirit of wisdom inside of him. And the Gemara soon will explain why is this. Rabbi Yechanan says, This Mishnah is actually, actually stated in the days of Rabbi. There was a certain story with a certain person. He wanted to repent for perhaps the that he had stolen. So his wife says to him, Reka, you empty-headed person, if you indeed repent, even the belt that you're wearing is not going to be yours. You're going to have to return everything. And therefore he didn't do true, he didn't repent. At that time, when they heard about the story, so the sages said, somebody who steals, and someone who takes interest, they try to return it, so you're not allowed to receive it from them because it's going to prevent them from doing tshuva, from repenting. Rather, what we do is we take money from them. So someone who takes the original thing from them, so the spirit of wisdom is not inside of such a person. Now the Gemara challenges. We have a question. The Bryson here says that if let's say a father dies and he leaves over to his children money that was given to him as interest, even though they know that it's interest, they do not have to return it. Now the Gemara makes a diuk, it makes an inference. Only they don't have to return it. The indication is that the father would have to return it. So that's a contradiction to what we just said. We just said that a person who steals, takes money from interest, doesn't actually have to return the original money. So the Gemara says, So the Gemara says, really the father does not have to return it either. So, so then why did we say that they don't have to return it, indicating that he does? That's not what it means. Really the truth is it doesn't matter if it's talking about them or the father, neither of them have to return it. Because in the second part of the Bible, we wanted to say something that only applies to the children, which was, if the father leaves over to them a cow or a talus or any specific thing, then they do indeed have to return it. Why? For the honor of their father. So since that only applies to them and not to their father, so that's why we wanted to say also in the first case something that even though it applies really to both of them but we specifically talk about them because we're going to talk in the second part of the Brisa about only them as well and that's what we said in the first case also just about them because of their father's honor they have to return this object that he had stolen we should apply over here a concept that we have elsewhere which is that it says that a great person in your nation not allowed to curse so when are we talking about only somebody who does an act like your nation that's why 
why the verse says, a great person in your nation. Meaning if someone is not doing what they're supposed to do, if someone is not properly keeping the commandments, so there's no prohibition to curse such a person. So here as well, the kids shouldn't be concerned with the honor of their father. Their father was a godson. He was somebody who was stealing things. Why are they so concerned about his honor and returning things? So Gemara answers, We could say, as Rapinchas says elsewhere, that in his particular circumstance, we're talking about a case where he had done tshuva, he had repented. We could say over here as well, where the father had done tshuva, he had repented, and therefore, that's why the children had to be concerned for his honor. So says, If indeed he had repented, so why is it still by his house? He should have returned it if he had indeed repented. So the Gemara answers, He had not had an opportunity to return it. He repented, and then he immediately died. So therefore, that's why there's an Indian, there's a concept that the kids should honor their father by returning this object that he had stolen. The Gemara continues, Toshima. Come in here. Hi, guys. If someone steals or somebody lends out with interest, even though they have collected, they must return it. Now the Gemara says, what does this mean exactly? If we're talking about somebody stealing, we can't talk about this. the person who's stealing doesn't collect. If he stole something, he stole something. And if he didn't steal it, he didn't steal it. We can't talk about collecting in regards to someone who's stealing. So what it means is like this. Somebody who steals. We're talking about people who stole by taking interest. Even though they collected. So they have to return the money. So what do we see? We see that indeed there is an obligation on the person. We don't say that you can't take the money from someone who's returning the money that he took as interest. So the answer is, So we say like this, they have to return it, but we don't accept it from them. So then why indeed do they have to return it? Because in order that they shouldn't be seen as doing something wrong as far as the heavens are concerned, so they have to return it. But as far as we are concerned, we don't indeed take the money because we're afraid that they won't be willing to do tshuva to repent. Look at more continues. Tashima, I'll show you another place where it seems to be not like what we said before. These people who have stolen from many people. You have a shepherd who allows his sheep to graze wherever they want, not his own property. You have a person who collects money for the government, taxes, and he takes extra. So he's taken from everyone. Shuvas and Kasha. It's very difficult for them to repent because they don't know exactly who they stole from. They stole from many people. Machzir and Makirin. So what they have to do is at least they have to return it to those who they remember that they took from. So what do we see? We see that we do accept it. So the Gemara says, Amri Machzirin. So the Gemara says, what we mean is that they have to return it. But we don't accept it from them. Meaning we, let, we give back the money. So the Gemara says, Lama Machzirin. So then why do they have to return it if we're not going to take it? Let's just see they shamayim. So that as far as the heavens are concerned, they, they don't seem like evil people. So the Gemara says, If that's the case, then what does it mean that their true, their repentance is difficult? It's not difficult. They don't even have to return the money, really. Additionally, Amos says in the end of the Bryce, that if they don't remember who they stole from, so then they have to do public works, do something that benefits everyone. What they do is they dig pits, they dig wells, all these different things that can benefit the public. So what's going on? So the Gemara says, it's not a problem, this Bryce is not a problem. Because we could say that this Bryce is talking about before they established that you don't take the money from them. But now they did decree that you don't take the money from them. That when do we say that you don't have to return the original thing when the original thing is not around? And that's what we're talking about. We could say that both of these two things are talking about after we already decreed that you don't have to return the original thing. And it's not a problem. When do we say that you have to return it? Only in regards to something where the original thing that was stolen is still around. But if we're talking about something where the original thing is not around, so then you don't have to return it, obviously.
the Gemara says, hold on a second. In regards to that case with the woman and her husband, she wanted to, he wanted to do tshuva, he wanted to repent. So she says to him, even your belt you're not going to be able to keep. So we see that when did they say the takana, this decree that you do not have to return the thing that you stole, even when the thing is, is around. That was the case over there. It was talking about where it was around. So the Gemara answers, my avnate deme avnate. That what does it mean? A belt doesn't mean the actual belt itself, but rather the value of your belt. Now the Gemara challenges this. Called, is it true that if the original object is still around, the sages didn't make their decree? We find in regards to somebody who stole a beam, and then he built it into his house. The original thing that was stolen is still around. He, it is. We find in regards to somebody who stole a beam, and he built it into his house, that he doesn't have to pay back the original beam, but rather he gives back the value, because we wanted to create a way for a person to get out of it to, to return the thing, so to speak, without having to totally take down his house. So when it says Shani Hassan, there it's different. The came and the Ikab say that the Bira Shavira Banakidalesa. Since if he would have to take apart his building, so he'd have to destroy his whole entire house. So even though in a certain sense it's still around, the sages said that that's considered like it's not around anymore, and therefore they said that it's enough for you to just pay back the value.